Welcome to the City Park Church Podcast. We are changing the culture of the city through the message of hope. Please share at cityparkchurch.com how God has touched your life through our messages. Thank you for listening. Biggest ones ever. And uh, thank you for all who participated and helped and brought candy and filled Easter eggs and made Easter baskets. Um, Downstairs right now, your kids are down there enjoying uh, Kids Church with uh, Pastor Don. Next week, I will be doing Kids Church, and we're going to rotate and be doing that every And uh, next week, bring your kids again, because next week we're giving away two bicycles. Uh, So if you come, they get a chance to win a ticket this week, and they'll get another ticket next week. The following week, we're giving away two skateboards from Zoomies, all right? So keep coming back and keep bringing your kids back. Introduce them to the Lord. Introduce them to church. And uh, we believe the church should be the funnest place that kids come to during the week. It should not be a sixth day of school. Because we believe that God is a fun God. Amen? He's a loving, kind, compassionate, forgiving, and fun God. Can you imagine being there when, when they parted the Red Sea? When, when the Red Sea was parted? I mean, that must have been a fun day. That was an amazing thing. So, so God is cool. We're going to take our, our tithes and offerings this morning. So if uh, you need an envelope for your giving, the ushers have those envelopes. You can also give on your phone on push pay. And instructions on how to do that are up on the screen. And we just thank you for your generosity. If this is your first time, there's no obligation to give unless you want to. You want to, because we believe as you invest into this church, in this ministry, that it's good ground. And for investment, not only for here on earth, but for eternity. So we thank you ahead of time for, for that investment. Anybody else need an envelope for your offering? You can give cash, check, or you can actually write your Visa Master debit card on the outside of the envelope, and we will process that. Once they leave here, they are safe and secure, and nobody will get your number. All right, let's pray. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for this amazing day, this Easter morning, this resurrection celebration. And we're just, we're just celebrating. We think back uh, uh, in the scriptures where they ran to the tomb and they found that empty tomb. And, and even at that point, they doubted that he is alive. They, they even thought they, they took his body. But it wasn't until Jesus appeared to them that they believed. Lord, they, that was, must have been an amazing time back then to actually see the risen Christ and to talk to him. But Lord, today we see Jesus. We see Jesus in the spirit. We thank you, Lord, that that we believe that he is the Christ, the son of the living God, just as Peter said. So we thank you, Lord. And we just, we seed into this church. We thank you for all the churches across this city now that are, are celebrating Easter. Thank you for all the Christians in Gresham and in this county and beyond. We ask you to bless their day, Lord. Bless, bless their, their time with their family today and may it be a memorable 2017 Easter. We pray that in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Thank you for giving this morning. We appreciate it. You may not believe me. Self. But I can't dispute what my soul knows. Peter! John! 
it's all true. No, come see this. Everything he said. The tomb. Every impossible detail. It's empty. It's all true. I don't know him. And we stumble along our way. I said I don't know him! But if that day comes, may we remember What has been found? What has been defeated? What has been forgiven? What was once dead has new life. What was once old has been made new. What was once finite has been made eternal. May we remember and follow the risen way. love Easter. You know, when it comes to Easter service, it's, it's not like you, you don't know what we're going to talk about this morning. And I, I think to myself, why do people come on Easter? Maybe it was the Easter egg hunt. We're glad you came. Maybe somebody promised you lunch today. Say, hey, come to church with me. Maybe um, you hooked up with the, the cute girl sitting next to you and uh, you're like, hey, yeah, sure, I'll go wherever you want to go. Let's go to church. <laughs> uh, or, you know, possibly somebody dragged you here today. Um, but I would like to challenge you this morning to become a Christian in spite of the fact that you know some. Or you used to work for some. 
Or maybe you're married to one. Or maybe you grew up with a bunch of them. Perhaps some of you students here, you're being blown away by some liberal professor in your school. And uh, that professor, professor has brought doubts. And you think all of this Christianity stuff is just a myth. I want to encourage you to consider becoming a follower of Jesus Christ. The reason why I believe is because of history's great mystery. Christians, the foundation of our faith, the foundation of our faith is not Christians. It's not the behavior of Christians. It's what we celebrate this very day. History's great mystery. And the whole thing really does not make sense. It doesn't make sense that a third of the world calls Jesus Lord from this one man who never wrote a book. He doesn't have a podcast. He doesn't have a live stream. He never even traveled more than 30 miles from his home. It doesn't make sense. Yet millions of people around the world are celebrating this Jewish carpenter who did miracles, who died on a cross, and who rose again. Every single Christmas, we we celebrate the birth of this Jewish carpenter. Our world calendar is surrounded by his birth, actually, B.C. and A.D. How, How did this all happen? How did 2,000 years ago the church actually survive to where it is today, affecting the whole world? From this one man. If I throw out some other famous people to you, like, for example, Caesar, you may think to yourself, Caesar, okay, you may know he was the emperor of Rome, but perhaps that's probably all you know back in, in the days of Jesus and then thereafter. We, we know that, that somehow the Roman Empire crumbled, but we do know that the church actually survived in Rome and thrived in Rome. How did this all happen? How is it today that there, there's more Christians than all other religions around the world? Even back in Rome, more Christians than Jews. This is history's great mystery. In history... There is no mystery on how movements start. There's no mystery on how religions start, how nations actually shift. There's patterns that you can study. Most of the time, these movements begin with unrest and unsatisfaction with government or unsatisfaction with leaders. And then there arises a leader somebody who's charismatic, somebody who can speak well, somebody who can motivate people, somebody who can gather people around them and the people rise up and they say, yes, they join the cause. This person introduces change. Their message to overthrow the status quo. This person becomes a hero, becomes a legend. Eventually, this person ends up dying. And normally, because they've gathered a following around them, the followers take the torch and they carry on the message. They carry on the cause to keep it alive. And we can think about many men 
across history that have done this. You think about Gandhi, for example, a leader in India of the Indian independence movement promoting change through nonviolence. You think about even today, modern days, you think about Martin Luther King Jr., a leader of the civil rights movement. There was great division in our country, discrimination against African Americans. Dr. Martin Luther King, who was a pastor, he he had the chance to, to take over one of the most prominent churches in Boston, yet this man took on the torch and moves to Montgomery, Alabama, the the center of what was happening back then to cause change. He moves there and he rallies people around the civil rights movement, again with a message of nonviolence. It has changed our country for the better. Yet in 1968, he dies a violent death as he gets shot. But because of him, our country is a different country today. Because of one leader who was willing to to take a risk and to take a chance and to die for what they believe in. Now, for me, this story about Martin Luther King, this story makes sense. It's a fascinating story. But the rise of Christianity does not make sense. It doesn't. Jesus' message, when he came, he didn't come to overthrow the government. He didn't come to overthrow Pharaoh or the Romans. He wasn't here to start a revolution. His message was basically, okay, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what's God's. When he went before Pilate, Pilate said, I wash my hands of this man. I cannot find anything that he's guilty of, that he's being accused of, and he let him go. Jesus said, I am not even here to to overturn the law or Jewish traditions. I have come to fulfill the law, he said. See, Jesus was all about Jesus. This was a problem. See, Jesus never asked his followers to, to trust an idea or an ideology. He asked his followers to trust him. He asked Peter, he said, Peter, who do, who, who do the people say that I am? And Peter answered, answered his question. Then he said to Peter directly, he looks him in the eyes, he said, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said to him, flesh and blood have not revealed that to you, but my, by my father, which is in heaven. Peter had a revelation of who he was. Peter was actually getting why Jesus actually came. Jesus came into the public eye initially through the baptism with John the Baptist, if you remember, in the Jordan River. And when the Spirit of God descended upon Jesus as he was being baptized like a dove, John said this, the Lamb of God, here he is, who has personally come to take away the sins of the world. He even said to Mary and Martha, do you remember when Lazarus was, um, was risen from the dead? He went to Mary and Martha and said, don't worry, Lazarus is not dead. I am the resurrection and the life and he who believes in me will live. Not in my message, not in my ideas, not in my good thoughts, he who believes in me. He was the, the center 
of his message. The disciples asked, just show us the father. And he said this, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Wow. Never once did Jesus say, I have come to leave you some good teaching and to leave you some good parables to pass on to the next generation. It's not my goal. He kept talking about himself. And when Jesus died, you know what happened? Their hopes died with him. They were afraid. They hid. When he died, there was nothing to pass on to the next generation, even though he told his disciples that I must die and it's going to be beneficial for you. Even though he told them that if I don't go, then I can't send my Holy Spirit to fill you and greater things will you do because I'm out of here. I'm going to be with the Father. I'm leaving you here. They didn't get that. They didn't see all that happening because back in those days, there were many proclaiming to be the Messiah who died and stayed dead. That started to cause a political revolution and it didn't work. The Romans just continued to persecute the Jews and to crucify them and to kill them. So they thought, is it possible that Jesus is dead and he'll stay dead? Will he actually rise on the third day? Will he actually follow through with what he said? Because he was the movement. I mean, he was the message. Before Jesus was crucified, the people that brought us the stories of Jesus, I mean, they were cowards. They all ran away. They hid. They couldn't even pray with him for one hour in the garden. The only disciple that was at the cross was John, who was comforting Jesus' mother. Everyone else was not there at his execution. They denied, like we saw in the video, that they even knew him publicly three times before the rooster crows. Peter sitting by that fire. I don't even know him. Messiahs don't die. I mean, he claimed to be the Messiah. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Yet how is it that a third of the world call him Lord? Here's how. If you turn to John chapter 20, John chapter 20, and we'll have it up on the screen. I want to read this account of the tomb and prove to you that they thought the movement was dead. John chapter 20 and verse 1 says, Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Remember, Jesus rose and he prophesied that in three days he would rise again. It was still dark. Why was it still dark? Because they were still sneaking around, afraid of the Romans, afraid of getting caught. It says, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. See, When Jesus had died, men had wrapped the body and the women were like, okay, that's not good enough because men don't know how to do this. We're going to go fix this, basically. All the women said, amen. I mean, they had to do it quickly back then because it was getting dark and by the law, they needed to get that body into the tomb. So three days later, the women are like, okay, let's go fix the men's mess. And that's what they were doing. There was a stone rolled in front of it. I mean, it was heavy and 
they think to themselves, when we get there, how are we going to remove the stone to get in? See, they're, they're, they're not thinking that Jesus is going to rise from the dead. They're not expecting it, even though he said he would. They go in the dark to stay hidden so nobody would catch them. And they had saw, Mary had saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said this, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they've put him. She didn't run down the hill and say, he's risen, he's risen, he's risen. No, they've taken him. They've stolen the body. Somebody removed the stone. Somebody took the body. There was no celebration when they went to the tomb. There was no band. There was no big festival going on. No, they had stolen his body. They thought literally he would stay dead. Then it says, so Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lie in there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who would reach the tomb first also went inside. And it says this, he saw and believed. He saw and believed. Even though they spent three and a half years with him, listening to his teaching and witnessing all of his miracles, they didn't believe what would happen as he said it would. It was the empty tomb that caused them to believe. Now they were getting excited. Now they had realized that Jesus had risen from the dead. This has never happened with anybody who has ever claimed to be the Messiah. This has never happened in any other religion in the world, whether it be Muhammad in Islam or, or Buddha. They saw and they believed. And they were excited about it, running around telling people, yet still cautious of the Romans trying to find them. And then we all know the rest of the story. They went back down. They told the rest of the disciples. They were still in hiding. You know, Thomas, who we call Doubting Thomas, didn't believe. Finally, Jesus appears to them as he walks right through the wall and has Thomas touch the nail holes in his hands and the spear that went through his side. And Thomas finally believed as well. They saw and they believed. Actually, after Jesus rose from the dead, the documents tell us, as far as Acts chapter one, that Jesus actually appeared before his resurrection to over 500 people. There was no question that Jesus had risen from the dead. Why did God do that? Because he wanted to prove to the believers that he was alive so that the lie that the Romans actually stole his body from the tomb would stay alive. 500 people. And they all stood there on that resurrection day 
after he had spent 40 days. So after Jesus rose from the dead, he appeared to the disciples multiple times. He appeared to Peter on the shore, actually cooking him a meal and a dinner. Isn't it cool when we go to heaven that Jesus can actually cook for us? Amen? Eat some real good God food. Bet you it's healthy. (laughs) Not processed. But... After 40 days, Jesus appeared to the disciples and you know what he did? He taught them, he inspired them, he met with them and then they stood there on that resurrection day and they watched him ascend up into heaven where he's now seated at the right hand of the Father forever praying for us and making intercession for us. Having gone through all the temptations and all the things yet without sin that we go through, being our advocate at the right hand of the Father praying for us, encouraging us in our walk and in our faith. An amazing story. And we stand here today because of these eyewitness testimonies of the disciples. They were excited about it, especially Peter. Peter, in the book of Acts, after the Holy Spirit was poured out on the 120 in the upper room and and all of these people gathered around them because they were literally having a party in Jesus they were speaking in tongues and praising God and the, and the people that came to the festival called the Festival of Pentecost, they were like, hey, you guys are drunk and it's only nine o'clock in the morning. Once Jesus said, denied Jesus three times. Peter, who, who, who once Jesus said, called him Satan actually. Peter got up and passionately preached the first sermon ever. Told the people what had happened in the story. He pricked their hearts and they asked the question. 3,000 of them asked, what shall we do? What can we do? And here's what Peter said in Acts chapter two. He said, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This gift is for you and your children and to as many as the Lord our God calls, as many that are far off. It's for everyone. To this day, Acts 2, 38 and 39 belongs to us as the church. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. I want to let you know this morning that there's hope. There's hope. There's eternal life to be had. It's a free gift. You can't work for it. You can't come to church for it. It's a free gift that all of us personally have to decide. Do we believe in Jesus as our savior or not? Do we believe that he was raised from the dead or not? But what I know personally is this, that when I received Jesus Christ as my personal savior at the age of 23, he changed me from the inside out. Where I had no hope, now I realized why why I was placed on this earth. He changed me and he poured his love and his peace inside me. Where once I thought about suicide and I had no purpose in life, all of a sudden I had purpose. I knew why I was born. I knew why God created me. He created me to preach the good news of the hope of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Because there is a great hope and he is our hope. I believe in him. He, not just the message, I believe in him as my personal savior, having a personal relationship with the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in him will never die. Someday I'll shed this old body and thank God for that, amen? 
this old decaying body and this old, you know, back operation body and the, the pain that you feel. Someday it's going to be gone. Can somebody say amen? But that's not the real me. The real me is a spirit man. The real me will be strong and live forever in heaven. Worshiping our Lord and following through with the eternal plans that he has for our life. Because it's not just all worship and it's not just all floating around on clouds like angels. God has an eternal purpose for the universe and he wants you to be part of it. Amen? There's something going on in heaven and there's something going on here in the earth. Here's what Peter, again, in the next chapter of Acts chapter 3 he was speaking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees who had, who had arrested him from actually healing someone. That one day he went to the gate and there was a man lame there. And the man says, you know, begging for alms. And Peter looked down at him, Peter and John, as they were going into the temple, which they did every day for worship. The man says, I need some money. I'm begging for money. And Peter looks at him and said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus. And he pulled him by the hand and he reached him up and immediately his feet and his ankles became strong. And the man went leaping and jumping and praising God. What does this show to us? It shows us that the movement did not end with Jesus. Hallelujah. That today, the same miracle working God lives in me. The same miracles that I've experienced and saw with my own eyes throughout this world work through me. The movement did not end with the death of Jesus. The movement continues on. And what he said, greater things will I do because he goes with the Father have come true. God wants to use you to change people's hearts and to change people's lives. And what I know is this, this world is in a mess. People's lives, there is no hope. People involved in illicit sexual relations and drugs and alcohol, there's no hope in this world. Our media has promoted it, thinking that's normal for our culture, and it's ruining people's lives. People are desperate. Suicide rates are up. People are losing their homes, their financial stability. Why? Because they have no hope. Jesus came, and he's called the blessed hope. He came to not only give you hope of eternal life, but he came to give you hope for everyday life. He is the best friend I've ever had. He will help you. He will guide you. He will talk with you. God is a personal God and wants to have a personal relationship with you. I think about all the pain and all the hurt in our society and I think to myself, why aren't people running to church to this message? And I know it's a battle and I know it's a fight, but I want to let you know that the victory has already been won by our Lord Jesus Christ. He's already provided it. It's already available and it's yours for the taking. Here's what Peter said in Acts chapter three. He said to the the Pharisees who were religious, I hate religion and I hate forms of religion that don't tell us the truth. He looked at them because they were only in it for themselves. Most religious people are just in it for themselves. They have control issues, (laughs) security issues. He looked at those Pharisees and he said, you killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead. Then he said this, we are witnesses of this. What was he saying to him? No matter what you do to me, 
you can do whatever you want to us. I will never stop believing because I saw him with my own eyes. I saw him with my own eyes. And we all know what happened to all 12 of the disciples. They all were martyred and gave their life for the gospel because you cannot talk a man out of an experience like that. God wants to give you that same experience. Repent and believe. The resurrection gives us the reason why the church still exists today, why this movement continues across the world, why churches are filled in every denomination, worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords today. The church will only get stronger. Many have tried to snuff it out. Our culture has tried to take away the name of Jesus and anything doing with scriptures in our schools and in our courthouses. But God will prevail. The scriptures will prevail. And this story cannot be snuffed out because you cannot argue against a man with a testimony. You can't. There is resurrection in life. You will be reunited with him one day. No matter what your Christian experience has been, I want to encourage you this morning to give Jesus a glance again. They died for what they believed they saw. I believe that there's no better time than now. I want to invite you to come meet him this morning. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. What always boggled my mind is this, that people struggle in life trying to figure out life on their own. My question is, how's that working for you? I know for me, it wasn't working. Trying to figure out my own destiny and make my own decisions. Don't want anybody to tell me what to do. Don't my parents tell me what to do. I realized that I I was making a mess of everything. And that I, I needed a savior. But I also needed to know that I had purpose. That, that I wasn't just born to graduate from college. and I, went, I actually took psychology to try to, literally to figure my own self out. I didn't know what else to study because I had no, no direction, no purpose. Until I met Jesus at that church in Candia, New Hampshire, a small little white clapboard church you would see on a postcard. I was invited maybe like you were invited today by someone. I remember stepping foot in that church and these people, see I had gone to church all my life to a a denominational church but I had never seen more loving, passionate people for the gospel before people loved me literally one of my mission statements and one of our, our themes of our church is we live to love people to Christ and build champions for life they literally loved me to Christ I can remember that first Sunday I went into that church they were singing And it was like everybody was singing. I'd never experienced that before because most of the time I went to a church and nobody really sang, except me. You know, I thought, why is nobody singing? You know? And uh, and, 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 and the spirit of God and the presence of God would fill the room like today. You could sense something different. You could sense his presence. You could sense these people really loved God. 
They really had a relationship with him. And I was curious. I didn't tell them that, but I wanted what they had because I knew there was a big hole inside my heart. It was missing, and I realized that that, that piece to the puzzle of my life was, was Jesus and him alone because I tried to fill it with everything else, and it wasn't working. It was only a few weeks later I, I kept attending that church that I, I received Christ as my Savior, and everything changed. I realized that God put me here for a purpose like he's placed you here for a purpose. I realized that me trying to do life on my own without him was going to continue to go down a downhill path, that I needed him. And as I began to read read the scriptures, because I'd never read the Bible before, except, you know, hearing it read in church. We never read the Bible back then. I realized that God not only was offering me eternal life, but I started reading all the things that God wanted to do for me in this life. He wanted to give me hope concerning my my future relationships. Give Give me hope concerning a spouse, someone I could fall in love with, have a healthy marriage, someone whom I could trust and not worry about cheating on me or destroying my destroying life after 10 years of building life together. This year's our 25th wedding anniversary. 25 years with the same woman. Hallelujah. But it gets better all the time. It gets better every year. Amen? And there's no way we would be married for 25 years if it wasn't for her and I having a common belief in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He's the glue that keeps us together. Amen. God has amazing things for you on this earth. And a lot of times the dreams that he's placed inside you, inside your heart, are his dreams. And it says in the Bible that he is for you and not against you. God is a good father and he wants to do good things for you. See, there's a devil in the world and we, 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 we blame God way too much because it's, Jesus himself said this, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That's why I'm here. And if you look at all the stories of Jesus in the gospels, what did he do? Life, healing, restoration cast out devils, put families back together, raise children from the dead right out of the funeral. This is the kind of God I serve, a good God. The devil, on the other hand, wants to destroy you, wants to keep you addicted, wants to ruin your marriage, wants to ruin your future, wants to take away your finances. He's the one that brings destruction and ultimate death, not God. And I get fired up when people blame God. Why did God do this to me? God didn't do that to you. He came to defeat the demonic powers that are trying to take everything away that you've ever tried to build. He came to give you an amazing life on this earth because he is for you and not against you. He is a good, good father. Good, good father. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm gonna pray a prayer for you to receive Christ. 
And I can remember 27, 30 years ago when I was in that youth meeting at that church in New Hampshire, I bowed my heads and I prayed the same exact prayer as that Baptist minister led all the youth, including me, supposedly supposed to be a youth leader. I remember that day where I bowed my head and I prayed that prayer and forever he changed me from the inside out. I knew something happened. I didn't know all, I couldn't explain it, but I knew that God became real to me. And this morning he wants to become real to you. No matter where you're at, maybe you've never heard this message before, maybe you've never prayed this prayer, or perhaps you've prayed this prayer in the past, and you need to come back to him. And you need to give your life back to him because what you're doing now is not working. He wants to help you. He wants to give you hope back. He wants to lead you and guide you. He wants to show you success for his name's sake. As you're thinking, I want you to pray this with all of your heart. Church, say this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your son. He came from heaven to earth and lived amongst us. He preached, he taught, he healed, he died on that cross. But I believe as the disciples that he's not dead that he's alive he's risen I believe that with all of my heart I confess that with my mouth and I receive him today as my Lord and my Savior today I decide to follow him With every head bowed and every eye closed, nobody looking around. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or you want to rededicate your life to him and get your life back on track, then I want you to just raise your hand up with a show of hands. If you're receiving Christ, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. You're just receiving Christ. Thank you. Raise your hand up. Don't be, don't be ashamed. God brought you here for a purpose. It wasn't just for Easter eggs and Reese's. Hallelujah. Anyone else? Raise your hand up. It's time to receive Christ. Thank you. Anybody else? Receiving Christ as your Savior. Thank you so much. Anyone else? Just raise your hand up. Just be bold. Thank you wants to do in and through. Your life is going to change. Not because of me, not because of what I'm saying, because of what he wants to do in and through you right now. Anybody else? Raise your hand up. You want to dedicate your life back to him. You haven't been serving him. Thank you so much. And you're just saying, God, I need you. I need to commit my life to you. I can't do this on my own anymore. Forgive me for trying to do it on my own. I need you, Jesus. Anybody else in here? Thank you, thank you. Anybody else? We'll just wait a few more seconds. Thank you, Lord. Now I'm going to ask everyone to stand up. And if you raise your hand or you should have raised your hand, I'm going to ask you on the count of three to come down and stand. We want to pray with you in front here. If you raise your hand or you should have raised your hand, one, two, three. Come on down. Come on, give them a big hand as they come. Thank you so much. Just face me side by side, shoulder to shoulder. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Come on, give them a big hand this morning as they come. Thank you, thank you. Anybody else? It's not too late. It's not too late. Come on down. Hallelujah. It's not too late, guys. Now, what I want you to do is, if you're out there in the audience, I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, hey, if you need to go up there, I'll go up there with you. Go ahead, do that. 
If you know that they need Jesus, you know they need a touch from God this morning, just ask Him. I'll go up there with you. just bow your heads. I want to pray for you. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, for those that have come forward to receive Christ and to recommit their lives to you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you are changing them right now from the inside out. That they prayed that prayer with all of their heart. And I thank you, Lord, you're not a religious God, you're a relationship God. I thank you, Lord, that they, they're stirred up on the inside to, to know you more, to talk with you, to follow you, to commit their life to you. And I thank you, Lord, you just immediately from this moment on that you begin to lead, you begin to guide them. You begin to speak to them even this afternoon. Lord, I pray for any pain, any hurt, any loss of hope in their lives. God, I thank you, you bring hope to them. I thank you, you begin to answer their prayers and their cries, God, for their, for their kids, for their families, God, for their finances, Lord, for their relationships. I thank you, Lord, that you will be intimately involved in their lives as they commit their lives to you. And I pray, God, that they find a good church, if not this one, a church in this city that preaches the gospel and preaches about relationship in Christ. I pray for their kids, Lord, as I see many of them have stickers here down, they have kids downstairs. I pray that they, they would be impassioned to bring their kids to church, to build a foundation inside of their kids so their kids know that they were created by God and have a purpose on this earth. That they didn't just appear in some big bang happening. That God created this world and he created us for a purpose. So we thank you for that and we praise you for that. In Jesus' name. Come on, you guys, give a big hand for all those who have come forward. You guys, we have, we have a book, right? So my wife has uh, some books for you guys. She's going to go find them, right? All right? And uh, just uh, connect with her. There's still coffee and there's still donuts downstairs. I'm not sure if Kids Church downstairs is done, but don't interrupt Pastor Don if it is, okay? Because he may be praying the same prayer uh, with them downstairs, okay? But I just want to let you know that some people look down on these simple salvation prayers. Don't look down on this day, okay? Because salvation happens in an instant. When you, it's a change of your heart as you receive Christ. The Bible says you become a new creature in Christ. All old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. I, the day that I received Christ, I'll never forget on that gym floor in that Baptist church, I will never forget that one prayer that changed my destiny. Changed my destiny. Today, remember this day. If you don't have a good church to go to, find a church. Come here next week. Bring your kids. Be a part of what God is doing here at City Park Church. We got great things, Bible studies, small groups, counseling, anything that you need. We want to help you. That's why we exist. And that's why we've been here for 15 years in the city. Spillet has those books. Take those and read those. This is a good introduction to Christianity. The other thing is, if you don't know what to read in the Bible, turn to John and start reading the Gospel of John and the stories of Jesus and just get impassioned about the stories. What's going to happen now is the scriptures in this Bible where maybe you've read it before and it's just kind of boring, it'll come to life. Because now the Holy Spirit, the teacher, lives in you. And he begins to reveal stories and and he begins to talk to you personally from the scriptures. That's what makes the Bible reading exciting. So God is a good God. 
Thank you so much for being bold this morning, coming forward and coming. We're going to dismiss you now. I want to wish everybody an amazing Happy Easter. Thank you so much for coming to City Park Church. You guys are responsive and receiving today. If you don't have a good church, please come back next Sunday. We would love to have you and your family be a part of our family and our community. Happy Easter. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you.